Hello and welcome to The Human Side of Digital Innovation. That's the title of this episode of the Event Manager Podcast. My name is Miguel Nevsch and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Event NB and I get to speak on this episode with Aid Allenby, the Global Head of Digital and Data Innovation at Read Exhibitions. We talk about a wide variety of topics, including how there is a big people component to leveraging new technologies, why speed is so crucial to innovation, why we need to understand attendee needs at different key points of the attendee journey, why only some events may be suitable to become year-long communities, and also why in-person event attendees should recognize and appreciate the advantages of getting away from day-to-day work when they do attend in-person events. I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. And if you do, then please subscribe to the podcast and also leave a review or rate the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And now for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Event Manager Podcast. I am joined today by Aid Allen B, the Global Head of Digital and Data Innovation at Reed Exhibitions. Aid, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. So um, we've only just met recently, and I think it's been it's been really interesting to understand uh, you know what you do and, and who you are. But if, for people that don't know you, could you just explain to us a little bit who is Aid Allen B and uh, and you know what do you do well i i feel like i'm a pretty normal guy i live in a semi in west london i've got a, a lovely girlfriend and a and a little rascal of a daughter who's nearly two and you you could definitely tell she's really getting full of herself uh i'm, I'm not really into mainstream sports i like things a little bit out of the ordinary like snowboarding windsurfing diving so after the over the last year, I've had to make do with um, uh, rowing my inflatable kayak up and down the Thames. Um, in terms of my career, my career has been about driving change and implementing things that businesses have, have never done before, usually, usually digitally, uh, been involved in change and project management. Um, and uh, you know, my, my real aim is to kind of harness the, the, the teams and the technologies and that's kind of internal, external um, and bring in something that's new to businesses or industries and, and trying to make it work and, and move the dials for the customer and the business. Um, so I, I would say that I'm into technology, but I'm, I'm not a techie. I'm not a developer. So I'm interested in what makes people tick. Um, I think I'm a quite an intuitive person um, and, uh, you know, everyone likes to be data driven um, because that's when you know that you're right. But I think I, I get a good feeling about things and what tends to work, you know, 
what I feel works and and it and over time it those things have tended to get validated and, and proven out so um you know I, I um I think I've got a, a, a balanced approach that that's and how did you get into that I mean I I don't know what you studied or, or how you kind of approached your career but is this something that you've always wanted to do because it feels like quite a quite an interesting kind of angle and quite an interesting approach but it also feels like something that I don't know how many studies there are for this I mean what how did you end up here well I think I owe it thanks to online and, and digital really um, because I studied um, business business studies at uni um, and you know I was interested in in business and commerce and I started working in the sales and marketing side of things um, and got more into doing uh, business analysis and, and project work and um, was a project manager for a while and, um, and got into doing digital projects. And uh, there was a point where I actually was so involved that the sponsor uh, of the project was happy for me to be kind of making the day-to-day -day decisions. And that's really what you want from a, a project manager to have that kind of delegation. Um, and it was, I, I really grasped the nettle there and, um, and it ended up really with me wanting to move actually onto the digital side to be um, making those decisions full time. And so I, I made that move um, uh, around 15 years ago. And um, ever since then, I've been doing, you know, year on year, digital just brings something new um, and businesses want to do more and more di digital uh, and digital transformation is a bit of a, a buzzword, but it's it's just about year on year trying to do more and and um, and more things always come along. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. So, what about your your current role, global head of digital and data innovation at Reed Exhibitions, which you refer to as RX, right? Um, what does that involve? I mean, that that sounds like a really interesting title. But could you give us some insight on onto what you actually do? Well, I think innovation is, is a word that gets used a lot. Um, and the way, the way that I've tried to explain it to people internally is, of course, you, you need to be thinking about a, a problem or opportunity uh, and, and what, what's going to solve that problem. And, and so to, to come with an idea of really what, what what are, you, what are you trying to to do? What what problem are you solving? And 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 how? Why is this solution? Do you think it's going to work? But at the same time, you need the support from the teams. You you need you know the the it's in the event space. You need the backing of uh, the the event team, the event leaders, and you need the budget. Uh, and you you need somebody willing to to um to provide uh, a budget that may be for something that um you know hasn't been proven before and for all those things to come together there's a lot of stakeholder management um and uh a lot of trying to um, engage with the different stakeholders around um around their interests and and that's about you know, making things work for the shows and making things work for the customers. So I think it'll be a, a consolation for everyone to hear that it's it's as difficult in a big organizer as it is anywhere to, to make new teams 
uh, new technologies or new new ideas work. The teams are focused on delivering their event, making their exhibitors happy, and you know nobody likes extra work. So the the trick is to make it feel like it's not extra work when when goals are aligned um, and, uh, and and people buy into what you're trying to do, then. Uh, that's when that's when you succeed. So, um, uh, you know, a big part of my role is about trying to find those leaders who who are interested in trying something new. Uh, maybe you know they're bringing something to the table themselves, and you can help them to to make that happen. Um, and you know, for for a big company, um, of course, we've got a lot of stakeholders, so that can be quite challenging. But we've also got some real assets that that other organizations maybe don't have you know we've got lots of enthusiastic digital and product people around the business uh, we've got you know a lot of a lot of event directors and marketing leads who who are really keen to do new things and you know they're the they're the the gold dust they're the, the you know the um the people that really help make stuff happen um we've also got a really amazing insights team who are able to build customer insight around the different types of projects that I do, whether that's an on-site delivery, a digital product, or something that's sort of ongoing over time from, from show to show. Um, you know, we, we have a, a customer panel. We, um, you know, we have tools to help gather insights um, quickly, but also do, you know, do all kinds of, um, of, 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 surveys to to really under, understand the customers so you know all in all um it's about coordinating all of that that you know just to come up with the idea is is only the first step or just you know to see an opportunity there's then a whole uh, whole um you know uh challenge of making things work and um i know you mentioned that uh, i i it would be remiss of me if i didn't mention abby cannons who's in my team and uh uh, she came up with the idea of Innovation Quest, uh, like a like an '80s platform computer game. You know, you've got to take the purple diamond to the wizard here, and we kind of, you know, we we make light of it because you do whenever anyone is trying to implement something new or um, you know outside of what people are used to, um, they're going to be bumps in the road, but you've just got to um, keep at it. So resilience is is key, I think. And and you know stick into your guns. I think resilience is a topic we, we definitely want to explore more. Um, now it was interesting to hear you describe that because you didn't use a lot of technical or technology words. It felt like a lot of your role is really a, a people role. It's really a, an understanding the needs and and finding the right way to deliver things and to present things um, to those people for different shows. And I know you work at a global level, so you have lots of different shows kind of that you kind of connect with. Is, is that accurate? Is it, is it more of like a, a people role than, than a technology role in, in many ways? Um, so a, most of the work that I've been doing um, has been with third party vendors. And so they're, in, they're often bringing the technology and um, very often a lot of the know-how of, of how to make things work. Um, so I'm then that interface to challenge them to deliver well, to make sure we're, we're super focused on, on what 
information and data and feedback that we're gathering to prove whether something works, um, but then to smooth their way into the teams and help them engage with the right people in the teams and, and make sure that um, they get the right level of, of traction. So, um, so there's uh, a lot of focus on getting things aligned first, you know, understanding what the impact's going to be on the team, um, making sure that that you've you you understand you know success metrics and 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 where you're getting your data from, uh, and that you're getting customer feedback in a timely way, um, you know, because you know, the post show survey is a is a typical way of getting getting information, but <clears throat> they're always you know, challenging because they're, they're, they're long and really important to the show team. So how can you get additional sources of, of feedback as well? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's right. There's um, the, uh, I'm, I'm obviously really keen that, um, you know, we leverage the new technologies that are available and, and that, you know, through, through COVID, people have become more and more um, used to and, uh, and aware of. Um, but there's a big people element to it, and and you know ultimately we're about people convening in a in a place and a time, and and it's got to work then. Interesting. So I mean, it, it, what I'd love to understand how it works. Um, do you go out and and find tools? I mean, do you have a sort of business need that gets fed to you and then you go out and find a tool or, or a process even that that would help to kind of match that or help that along or is it more that you're kind of pitched different tools and you decide which ones might be useful to, to some of the shows how does that work from a sort of where the problem comes from and, and, and then how do you go and find the solutions so it can come in a number of different ways so the the purest way that it comes about is from show strategies. And um, so a few years ago, um, a show came to me because they really felt they had a problem with navigation at the show. And um, and I think they felt like they might be a, a kind of super tool out there that was gonna instantly kind of solve the problem. Um, and they didn't have a great deal of budget. Um, in fact, I think they, they sort of cut some budget in 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 um, in that area so I went in there and um, was looking at the different options and in the end the um, the solution was a, a online offline solution we brought we brought in an app um, which we made into and we called the navigation app because um, we wanted that to be the use case of why people downloaded it because people recognized they had that problem and so would engage with it. But it was also about signage. It was about having people to ask directions for at key places, where, you know, key pinch points. Um, so uh, through that, we, we, you know, we, we recognized that um, uh, there, there were technical tech, uh, technology options, but Actually, when you um, when you look at the customer journey, there were there were different um, challenges at different points, which maybe help offline, maybe help online. Um, so it, you know, it's it's usually a, a mix, and you have to be you have to understand and of course put your put yourself in the shoes of the the customer. Yeah, other other um, uh, 
uh, other ideas can come directly from, from show teams. They've tried something and they said, hey, we've had some success with this. Um, we, think, we think it would be uh, able to, to work globally. Um, and of course, I, I get pitched a lot and you know, I engage with the event technology market to understand um, what's, what's out there. And um, you know, that, that gives me a, a, a good understanding of where I think I, I see uh, opportunities internally because um, you know, uh, I am attending shows in a, in a normal world. Uh, I'm speaking to exhibitors. We're looking at the, you know, the surveys that we do. We're trying to find out you know, what are the key goals and how can we help customers towards those, those key goals. And I suppose a, a really, a really um, sort of um, relevant in, instance over the last year was when um, COVID, COVID came about. I got a um, I got a phone call, a, a message, sorry, from uh, my colleague in China who said that they'd shut the venues. And my first reaction was, "Why? okay, well, what can we do digitally to help here? What, how are we going to engage those audiences? And so um, that came out of a conversation and a recognition of a, an immediate need. And so I worked with colleagues internally in the global team to spin up uh, the ability to assess what tools we had, what tools we needed, uh, and to share best practice, um, and you know, that that um, was a big part of, uh, of 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 how I've contributed to uh, uh, to that over the over the last year, from you know in um, in 2020 and and into this year. Interesting. So, tell me a little bit more about that. I mean. You know, in many parts of the world, shows haven't been happening for for you know a year and a half or however long it's been now. Um, and have you been kind of working on innovation uh, for when they can happen or, or when they are able to happen, or have you been working on innovation virtual side? It sounds like you've been doing a bit of both, but is it sort of a, an even split? How do, how does that really uh, break down? Yes. So when. Um... When the uh, venues started to to shut down globally, that obviously closed off some avenues of, um, of of products that we were in the midst of testing and planning to test, and and so uh, a number of things got cancelled. But then we pivoted to looking at you know what what was going to offer more value digitally so there were things that we had in the pipeline that we'd already been testing that we thought would be uh, you know could adapt well to to digital also we saw uh, what a lot of the um, digital meetings platforms did um, to uh, to to kind of rise to the occasion and and start the to uh, be able to deliver uh, online um, Online conferences, online meetings, uh, as they as they built out their platforms, and to kind of understand what what they could offer and how we should use those, how we should use um, webinars and and um, uh, online events to to reach those audiences. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's a lot of people around the world have been taking different approaches, but obviously the scale with which you have to deal with this is a little bit different or a little bit on the, on the large side. I wanted to ask one last question about sort of this bringing tools in. Um, 
could you give us an idea of how many people are involved? So if you are using a new piece of technology, um, you know, I think there, there's probably some management decisions, but there's probably also a, an IT kind of team to look over the, the, you know, if it fits in from that perspective, maybe a data team. Could you give us an idea of, of you know, how complex that process is, like the kind of different kind of teams that are looking at it, or, or is it something that you can actually make decisions and, and kind of action pretty quickly yourself? How does that work? It really depends on um, whether the whether the product can operate in a standalone way. Like for instance, we did a lot of work in um, 2019 on digital screens and looking at um, what what levels of engagement we could get with uh, digital screens for things like uh, floor planning and recommendations and and things like that. Um, so that's potentially something that doesn't doesn't need a, a a lot of integration. But as soon as you start to need to identify a user by their badge, for instance, then it starts to need some some data integration. So that's not only the integration work itself, but there's there's more um, uh, more needed in terms of uh, security assessments and uh, privacy compliance assessments and things like that. Uh, so um the from an innovation perspective what we what we want to do is learn fast uh, so the quicker that we can implement on a show and if that if that's successful or we learn from that we can roll it to to more shows um and as much as possible uh make do with um a, a standalone experience um uh because then what you want to do is once you've proved success is get it better and better integrated with your with your businesses as usual functions and your your core systems um so <clears throat> uh, it all depends on to what extent that's possible uh um you know a lot of products will will need customer data um and that will either come from registration or or from our internal systems and so um uh a lot of a lot of, a lot of the time what you end up doing is kind of um you know uploading spreadsheets or you know managing managing data more manually just so that you can implement quicker prove the value and and then sort of move it into more into a roadmap yeah no, that's a, that's really interesting insight and and yeah, I think uh, it's I think it's probably good advice for all kind of um, event tech providers if if they can have a at least a version of what they provide be more standalone, then there's a better chance to be part of this integration process because it may not be ideal to integrate right away, right? If you can test something, yeah. then they stand a better chance. And that's um, that's something that uh, I, I do have conversations with with different vendors about is that. Um, many vendors have quite quite broad solutions, and um, I think um, organisers obviously have existing internal tools. They they maybe have existing suppliers. So having a having a um, a tool that solves a, a specific need, but can integrate into the experience easily, uh, is is really i think what what uh, a lot of organizers are looking for um but 
knowing that maybe if they have got a broader tool set that should other needs come up, they, they have it there uh, and, and can potentially serve different needs. But it's about uh, also from a you know, communication and messaging point of view, being very clear about that, the, the, the value proposition of, of, of what it is you're adding to your, your, your client's business. Yeah, it's, it's that, that buy-in is so important, right? What are the advantages for the user? Um, I think sometimes uh, we're guilty of getting very excited about the adventures, advantages for the organizer uh, and, and, and kind of very quick to, to, to communicate that or, or to kind of boast about that. But then when we look at the advantages for the user, they're not maybe as, as, as large. Uh, I think particularly when it comes to data, there's a lot of kind of push towards using very data-heavy things, but... I don't know if there's that many advantages to the user. And I think that's always really important if you need the buy-in from the user, which you normally do. Yes, yes. And um, I think you know, the, our, uh, our, our guardians of the technology and our, you know, our, our, the, the people who run the technology for, for events, you know, obviously um, they, they're going to want data in one place they're going to want um you know a single customer journey because um it's uh you know they, they know the challenges of people having to go to different places to put in data and and um and interact with different different platforms but i i do always try and take a, a step back from that and look at what um at that point the user is is interacting are they bothered about those other things at that point? Um, because I think there's a there's a balance to be had. Ultimately, you you know you do want an integrated experience, but I think for the sake of innovation and 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 getting customers to interact with with things that um, you might have to do without some of that in the short term. Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. So, eight. Hey, I know that um, hybrid events, something that we've talked about a little bit. Um, I'd love to get your view on them. Is hybrid just a buzzword? Uh, are they are they really the future, or are they just going to go away very quickly? I mean, from where you're standing right now, how do you see hybrid events? Well, my challenge is that um, hybrid doesn't speak of, of value. Um, and we're in danger of going down the same rabbit hole with with hybrid as we we have with mobile apps because a, a mobile app can be enormously useful, but just saying you've got an app uh, isn't isn't good enough. Just saying you've got a hybrid show isn't isn't good enough. What 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 are you offering? Um, so I would like to to change the conversation to be about what what has the new normal or you know the the, the new expectations of, of digital what what do they offer 
events, what 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 are customers' new expectations in terms of, of digital and how can that enable events? Yeah, that's a, a really interesting and it really what would be the kind of how do you see that changing things? What would be the advantage of looking at it in that way? How do you think that would change? Well, clearly people have been become more used to um, operating remotely um, and from all walks of life and all age groups, uh, people are much more familiar with, with that technology and um, it's almost expected. Um, so there's a, there's a bigger opportunity in terms of, of reach, but what question are we answering? Are we, are we just helping people engage uh, who aren't able to make it because of the pandemic? Or are we actually moving to a state where we're trying to help people engage who want to engage with the content, with the, um, with the show, with the audience, but can't for whatever reason? Everybody's had situations where uh, they wanted to go to an event, but work or life happens and, and you can't make it. Is, it, is, that, is that person going to get the kind of value that they want? Um, and and uh, you know, are, are the goals aligned between what we were trying to do for visitors and buyers versus exhibitors? Yeah. So my interpretation of that is somewhere along the lines of when we're when we're putting on an event that has two, uh, you know, that is hybrid, but then you know you can participate virtually or in person. Um, we're asking for people's attention for a period of time. Uh, and I think what you're saying is, if we're just trying to offer a some sort of replacement during the pandemic, we may be asking the wrong question. What we should be saying is, we want your attention for this period of time because we think we'll find this interesting. And here are different ways for you to interact with what we can offer or to kind of connect with everybody else who's sharing in this experience. Uh, and I think that's probably a, a slightly different proposal and a slightly different outlook onto how to create these these kind of gatherings, whatever they look like. Do you agree with that? Yes, for sure. And um, uh, you know, I I think on one hand, you've got you have the potential to create these moments in time. We've had the Ufi Connects. Uh, webinars and discussions over the summer, which have come about to discuss who owns the data. And, and loads of people were interested in that. Uh, as we know, more data is being created uh, digitally. It, it was of the moment. And people came from all around the world digitally to, to listen and to take part in those discussions. And people really felt like they wanted to be, be part of that at the time. So there, there, there's... Um, you know, those moments in time where people know that there's a, um, something that they, they want to engage with from a content or discussion perspective. Um, and, and when it's timely like that, then digital is by far the best option. Um, but then that UFI group, um, you know, is coming together in, in Rotterdam next uh, month and, oh, sorry, in, in, in November. And, um, the, you know, that, that group enjoys interacting with each other and they're looking forward to getting getting back to that um 
but then the expectations of, of uh, accessing remotely means that there'll be a virtual event the, the, the week after, uh, the, the, the period after for those that, that can't attend. So the expectations have, have changed. I think um, uh, people wouldn't have expected there to be digital, digital events supporting to, for those that, that can't attend or you know don't get chance and um you know uh that's that's you know the, it's the need that we've got to figure out yeah i think that's a really really good point just you know from your own experience have you participated in any hybrid events that that stand out or have you you know what, what have you seen in terms of hybrid that has been done well as far as as far as you can tell i've got to be honest that um, you know, I think the the reason I the reason I find um, it's so important that that we align needs is because I find it, I'm one of those people that find it so easy to to zone out during webinars and and content. Um, you know, uh, so f for me, those those webinars and and um, the events where you're participating in something. We had to, we had a really great event internally about um, inclusion, um, and um, you know to to have a, a really great speaker talking about something that was really mattered at the time, and you know and as important to you personally and and, and to the business that you're really in, you're really engaged with with those kind of uh, events. Um, but I think. Um, I, I know from from my point of view that you're sitting in front of your computer, and that is the place where it, you've got personal messages coming, you've got work messages, you've got people calling on you, uh, you've got things that you know you've got deadlines for. So it's one of the toughest places to engage. So and and that's why making it um, you know making it right for the the channel is and is is really important. So you know. We, we shouldn't be expecting people to sit in front of webinars for 45 minutes, an hour. Um, and, and lots of people have started to talk about having more bite-sized content. Um, you know, and, and, and this is where uh, you know, sharing success stories, sharing um, like new ideas works really well in, in shorter bite-sized chunks. Brilliant. Yeah, I, 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 I do want, wanted to add actually that one of the when the when the pandemic uh, really just first hit, and we started to to look at um, what we wanted to do globally, um, uh, our CTO was very vocal about. We said we've got to get videos, and they've got to be short, and they've got to be useful and to the point. And and we created an internal SharePoint site, uh, sharing insights, gathering different examples of, of digital events from around the world um, and making it into a format that people could easily easily consume um, you know and each video would have to have a reason why the person should watch it you know what was it telling them um, and, I, and I think that was um, that was the first time I'd really recognized and, and put into to action that that kind of en engagement strategy. I agree. I mean, you mentioned you covered in, in some sense the kind of user-generated content, or at least getting that kind of user 
conversation going more than sort of top-down content. Um, is that something that you that you've explored and that you think um, needs more attention? Uh, I, we've heard a lot of talk in the industry of user-generated content and also sort of self-organizing communities. Where do you where do you yeah, stand? This, on that? I mean, this goes back to my my days working in B two B marketing, digital marketing, in telecoms, um, which was. Uh, over six years ago now, and um, one of the one of the things that we recognised was um, to to present your solution. You also need the stories that your customers are, are telling, and and to reference uh, your your customers and and how they have uh, driven success with with your product. So, and I I believe this is a is. is a really untapped area that that uh, we should look into more about you know not just hearing from product experts but to hear from the people that they've they've helped and have benefited from from uh, the solutions that that they've they've offered because that's i think why a lot of people um a, a lot of people engage with content it's to hear from people like them yeah, that learning from peers is 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 very important um, and probably underexploited in in terms of marketing. I, I have this theory that one of the reasons uh, you know events and shows don't sell as much or don't sort of promote that angle as much is that it's a bit scary. It's a bit of a you know it's a step in the dark, but also that keynotes are it, it, it's easier to just sit and listen to a keynote if you have to talk to people if you have to engage if you have to sort of ask questions yourself then it's it's harder work it's more work for you um do you think that's why we don't see as much of this yeah i think um uh i think it is obviously more difficult to um to make that happen um because if if i think of as a as a user of um of, of technology products, if I could have a product expert and and a user to talk to, and so I can I can ask any questions I have about the product, but then ask you know align to some of the same challenges I might be having about making things work, about you know getting buy in internally and all of those kind of things. So um, you know I think the more that the more that we can bring that element in uh, into into how speaking at events at um, you know how how exhibitors present themselves and, and there's obviously opportunities like networking and roundtables and discussions where bringing in those those customer views is, is you know a great opportunity. Yeah, I think that. You know, on, on the online side of things, there's a sort of ask me anything type of sessions where there's more of a, an open-ended conversation. I think those are, are becoming popular, but not all events are, are kind of ready for that or, or tend to promote those things. Um, but what about the community side? Uh, you know, we've heard a lot of talk in the industry about events becoming less one-off, or at least on the digital side, becoming less one-off and, and turning into sort of year-long communities. Is that something that you're 
you, you think is, is the future and that you're actively pursuing? Where do you stand on that? Um, I think that there, there, are, there are events which, which suit um, having year-round content, having regular, regular blogs, regular webinars, because people are looking to, to consume that content. Um, I think the, um, the, the trick is to understand um, what kind of frequency is, is relevant and what else is going on in that market, because maybe that market is very well served uh, with, with that kind of content. So at one end of the scale, you've got, if you just have the physical event, that is the time and place, and you, you, you're creating that marketplace, you're creating that, that place to meet. And then at the other end of the scale, you've, you've got an, an, an industry perhaps where having regular content is, is, is really in demand. And so you've got to figure out where are, where are you on that spectrum? I, I always try and ask show teams the question, um, how are you getting the, the, the traffic? You know, how are you, how are you getting the engagement? Is it because of the quality of the speakers or because the topics are really relevant or there's maybe um, uh, specific issues happening that are, that, are, that are getting people in? But that's, you know, that's a bread and butter to the conference people because that's how they're forming their conference content for the shows. Um, but, you know, so what's enabling them to, to extend it throughout the year? Because as I said, my, my, my litmus test is always me in front of my computer zoning out because of everything else going on at, at your at your computer is it is it really the 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 content that people want to engage with um so we've got to we've got to really make sure that we get the the you know the understanding of of what the what the customers and the audience wants um and and how frequent that's going to be relevant to them i think that's a really thoughtful and balanced approach and and i think yeah it's probably um a mistake to think that every event has a community around it that's sort of exclusive for it and i think many events are are part of many communities but you know the the event will be a sort of one happening for that community in the year so maybe that community doesn't want to you know join something online year long if it's if it's then involved with a number of other events um, so it does feel like a, a kind of healthy approach to, to look at that and analyze that before making those sort of investments. Yeah. And, and I think we shouldn't underestimate how valuable it is for people to take themselves out of their day-to-day -day, uh, and, and to, to go to a place where they feel like an industry professional. They feel like part of, part of an industry and and therefore they're more engaged and they're, they're they're more focused. Yeah, at home, doing everything from home from the same system, the same place doesn't necessarily engage, right? It just it's you feel a yeah, the pressure the, to the opportunity is to to spin something spin something up quickly or to gather people, um, you know, from from all corners of the world when that's the thing that makes it valuable, um, uh, and you know to 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 balance that about against what's it going to take to get everybody to the same place. Absolutely. So I wanted to kind of just touch on one last point, which is really data. You know, that's part of your um, job title and I think a big part of what you do. Um, and, you know, there's so many tech vendors pushing this idea that data is so important. Um, 
in, in my experience, a lot of organizers understand the need for data, but essentially get very overwhelmed with data and, and find it quite hard to find what they're looking for or to really distill the data into useful insight, uh, particularly at sort of a, uh, a pace and at a, at a, at a level or a simple simplicity level that they can use in their planning. Um, do you, do you feel otherwise? Is that, is that how you see it? Or, or do you feel like there's, there's really good ways to go about it and, and people are, are good at this really? I'm gonna, I'm gonna name drop, uh, Mark Maiden from, from Crowd Connected here because he wrote um, a really great uh, paper on engaging with data, uh, which um, which I'd, I'd highly recommend. And he did it from the perspective of somebody in the industry. And, the, it, and, and it was really about everybody's got an, a level of data that they can use to tell them something. And, you know, you're going, whether it's, uh, registration data, whether it's um, entry entry data, scanning data, uh, engagement data from your platforms, and the, the the trick is not to get overwhelmed by by taking what what's achievable for you, uh, what's most accessible for you, and and what's actually going to help you understand uh, and understand the value you're delivering, or, or you know, or what what um, the customer's engaging with. And so you know, uh, there's, more, there's more and more data signals and, and data touch points that we can set up in events. And that's great. And I'm really into all of that stuff. Um, but it, um, uh, it's, it's about peeling the onion. You know, we, uh, you've, you've, we're looking at different levels of detail of our understanding of customers. Um, so you you know, the opportunity is to build that out over time. But I don't think anyone's cracked the code yet. You know, everybody's working towards that goal. So wherever you're starting, start where you are and, and um, you know, move to the next level for yourself. That's, I think that's great advice. Is there any kind of uh, new pieces of data that you're particularly interested in, in, in sort of harnessing uh, for, for the shows that you're, that you're overseeing or that you work with? Well, I've always thought that um, the the event um, is a sort of focus point. The physical event is is a focus point, and and now the digital event has has offered that opportunity as well. So, as a, if if you're in a in a in a market where you're trying to engage buyers and sellers, well, those buyers are going to make signals because they may you know, interact with some content or they may. Um, Download a white paper, or they may submit a, 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 an inquiry form, and those are those are quite disparate signals that may happen over time. Um, but at the show, in terms of what content um, uh, is being interacted with, what what um, what exhibitors, what products, what uh, what zones and areas of the show, there's loads of information there about what's trending, uh, about what what are the the products and, and topics of interest and it all happens with thousands of people in a very short space of time so that you know that's that's what i'm interested in and excited about is is on turning that into insights about about customers and and what they want and to to be able to match them to what they need 
Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, point about how intense the the, the collection of data has to be at events because there's so much happening. It's it, it is the kind of pinnacle of a lot of things. So yeah, really interesting. Hey, thank you so much for all this chat. I've taken a lot of notes, so I'm sure the, uh, the, the the podcast notes will be extensive. So hopefully that'll that'll be interesting for everybody. I do appreciate you you joining us today, and I wondered if you could ask our uh, answer um, our last question, which is if you could recommend someone that we should have on the show so that we can keep this community growing of of podcast guests here on the Event Manager Podcast. Well, I think um, there's. There's a few people that I find really interesting in, in the industry. My, my boss, Jamie Harrison, he's the VP of product for RX, and he's um, a real evangelist for a customer first and delivering incremental value and, and uh, you know, delivering digitally. Um, I've got, I'm on the UFI Innovation Working Group, and you know, there's, there's some really seasoned professionals on there like uh, Joanne Kellaway from InfoSalons Freeman and uh, Stefan Forsyth from, from EasyFairs, uh, who have a wealth of experience um, and are really the go-to for, for our innovation content. Um, and, uh, you know, always um, talk a lot of, of sense, a very you know, sensible, pragmatic approach. And, um, you know, in the, in the industry, a guy that I always like listening to is, is Tim Group from Grip. I think he's... Uh, really uh, inspirational. He's really enthusiastic about what's achievable and and where the industry can go. Brilliant! Thank you so much. Those are three excellent recommendations. We'll uh, we'll do our best to follow up on all three. Hey, thank you once again for joining us, and for everybody listening, thank you for uh, joining us for on the Event Manager Podcast. Please do rate and review, and of course subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Event Manager Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest news and the best articles on technology and innovation in the event industry, head over to eventmb.com.